Hello and welcome. This is episode 24 of Talk the Plank, a podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch and the Pirates, well, the Pirates have lost 10 straight ball games. another sweep. Um, knew it was going to get bad here as the schedule has been pretty tough as of late, but... I wasn't sure that it was going to get 10 losses in a row bad, but here we are. Uh, Before we talk about that, though, I should let you all know that instead of recording on Locker Room, we are now recording on Spotify Green Room, which is the exact same thing. Uh, Basically, Spotify bought Locker Room, and this is the new rebranding of what this awesome app is. Right now, we got Jake Slobodnik chilling with us here. My, oh man, my co-host, we're struggling here together. Ten straight losses, Jake. Welcome. Yeah, man, we're in double digits. This is good, but also (laughs) not good. Good for the tank, bad for the team. Good Uh, for the tank. Yeah, but uh, on a positive note, I like the Spotify green room look. It looks very, very fresh. That's That's my compliment for today. If you're in here, if you're in here live with us right now, you can see that uh, the app does. It looks sleek as hell. Uh, got that Spotify green, and it looks really sharp. And uh, it's cool to be to be uh, recording on here right now. And uh, Spotify has been making a lot of purchases lately, but this is the newest one. We got Steven, who wants to talk right now. Uh, we'll see what he has to say. Steve, I'm talking pirates right now. What's going on? Arachnesia, hi there. Land is hard, pirate as he is. That's well, a way better pirate impression I could ever utter. Yeah, that's great. Oh. Oh, hi there, you be walking the plank. <laughs> <laughs> we are actually talking the plank right now. Thank you. Uh, appreciate appreciate the input right there, Stephen. Um, but yeah, we're talking pirates baseball specifically. We could talk like pirates the whole episode if we wanted, but. It might might not be the best look for us, considering we uh, aren't the best of impressionists. At least I'm not, Jake. I don't know about you. I mean, apparently I can utter some impressions, but I'm I'm not doing a pirate. No way. Or walk the plank. That's all I got. Chase, you're pitching yourself a mighty fine game, but do you mind if I pull you after four fucking innings? There it is. So, yeah, uh, three more losses here on the losing streak. Two of these games were winnable, uh, starting with Monday. The Pirates lost 3-2. to two. JT Brubaker pit, pitched pretty well. Uh, five innings, short hook for him, only 71 pitches, gave up two earned. Only struck out one, but all in all looked pretty effective. Tuesday, Pirates got blown out, uh, gave up five runs in the first inning. It was over at that point. Tyler Anderson, six earned runs. We could talk about Tyler Anderson's spin rates here in a little bit but uh he struggled and then Dwayne Underwood Jr. pitched two mop-up innings and gave up two runs and didn't really matter the Pirates only scored one run in that one and then today a three to one loss uh Chase DeYoung once again looked pretty decent four innings pitched only 71 pitches thrown he probably could have won another one but he didn't our friend Josh Bell touched up David Bednar for a home run, and the Pirates lost 3-1. to one. Brian Reynolds hit a single. Uh, I mean, yeah, so 
basically at the end of the day, whenever you only score four total runs in a series of three games, you're probably not going to win very often. And right now the Pirates just look pretty much lost. Um, like I said here, two two games in which they only gave up three runs. We'll take that. But uh, when you can't score three runs, things are a problem. And here we are. Yeah, um, this was a poorly a, a poor offensive showing from the Pirates. Key Brian Hayes looked lost. I think his average is now under three hundred, if I'm not mistaken. Adam Frazier didn't do too well, I'd say. Um, Kevin Newman was only good for one hit, and that was a home run uh, that gave us false hope. And I think I think it was yesterday's game or something. I forget, but either way, Monday, um, yeah, that's the upset of the year. That's right, Monday, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was just a terrible series all around, uh, especially on the offensive part. Um, today, a lot of questionable decisions on the field uh, by Shelton, uh, starting Michael Perez. Granted, I understand it was a right-handed pitcher and put on a left-handed bat and give Stallings a day off, but you pull Stallings off the bench regardless, and he hits, he goes two hits after Perez doesn't contribute a hit. So, I don't know. This whole offensive thing, it needs worked out because, I mean, Chase DeYoung pitched himself a hell of a game. Like, I, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing from him. Uh, I thought I think uh, a lot of people did not think that he was going to be a very good pickup at the beginning of the season just because of his past and understandably so, but he's just been dominant for the Pirates so far. I mean, this, I mean, today only gave up one run. Unfortunately, it was a big fly to Jan Gomes, but still, um, I'm very impressed with what he's shown so far, but offensively we need to pick it up a little bit more because this is just downright embarrassing. We can't, we can't leave it all on Brian Reynolds shoulders to get us on the board in the later innings. That is just not going to win you games. And, um, Polanco still continues to suck at hitting. Um, <laughs> and I'm just – Key Brian Hayes just sticks out to me the most just because of how underperforming he was this entire series. I don't understand what happened with him, but, oh, my God, he just it, he just looked like a different form of himself. I hope he figures it out uh, in the Cleveland series. Hopefully when we come home it provides a little bit of comfort, but this was just not a series I wanted to watch at all. Yeah, I guess it, it just goes to show whenever uh, literally one or two of the th- big three, I guess you could call it in this lineup, when they don't hit, the whole offense just shuts down. And, I mean, Hayes, yeah, he, he uh, I mean, he went one for three today with a walk, so, like, that's a game I'll take. But he's struggling a little bit, slumping as as much as we's, we've ever seen him slump, but I, you come to expect that. I mean, he still only has about 150 or so career plate appearances. So I do expect some downs here from him. And he's he's going to have to, you know, get get used to being an everyday big leaguer. And it's not going to be uh, so easy where, you know, last year he hit 376 in his month or so that he played. It's not always going to be that easy. So far this year, I mean, still, his slash line looks pretty good. 283, 356, 547. You'll take that all day in the, what, 10 or so games that he's played. But, yeah, if he doesn't hit and if Frazier struggles and, you know, you only have Reynolds hitting or even even none of them, it's it's going to be tough sledding because, as you see this lineup, it's Frazier, Hayes, Reynolds. And then batting fourth cleanup man Gregory Polanco who on the years at 204 268 344 which is just absolutely pathetic um I 
I'm starting to lose hope here on Philip Evans. I've kind of been a believer just at looking at his hard hit metrics and whatnot, but he's at 211, 304, 324. He's not very good. And then after that, I mean, it's just a black hole of sadness. Ben Gamble, he kind of showed a little bit here and there. Meh, he's not good. Kevin Newman just might have the least amount of actual raw power in the majors. And then, yeah, Michael Perez, not good at all. And that's that's the Pirates lineup. The Pirates lineup is just absolutely sad. And it's not really going to get much better here. Uh, it's probably going to get worse if the Pirates are able to trade Frazier here in the next month or so. It's going to be Hayes and Reynolds, and that's it. And then Stallings, whatever you get from him. But these just aren't – there's – there's t- right now there's three I would say above average hitters in this lineup and then the rest it's just it it's uh it's like being in the desert without any water it, I'm thirsting for hits and runs but uh all I'm getting is is sand and strikeouts <laughs> basically what it is yeah that lineup is just absolutely atrocious um I mean really the bright bright spots coming up are what all we can get for Adam Frazier, uh, Key Brian. Like, I, I, I see Pittsburgh sports media guys, and they're like, the only reason to go to Pirate games this year is to watch Key Brian. And I completely agree because there's just no other reason to see this team play. Um, it, it's really quite sad, but um, you just look at, like, it, it's so weird because I look at the lineup every day and I'm like, you know, maybe there's some optimism here for, right. you know, some, you know, something nice, but. Man, we just get let down every day, especially Philip Evans. I don't know what – I thought he would come off the injury and become his old former self. But dude just looks – again, just looks completely different than what he did, say, last year and the beginning of this year. I don't know what where yeah. this regression started, but it's just annoying. Yeah, I guess it's a positive that Colin Moran got a pinch-hitting appearance in this game. So he perhaps will be ready to start some games here. Uh, Pirates have an off day tomorrow, and then they get, turn home. They get Cleveland, and then the White Sox. <laughs> let's let's let me ask you this: So the Pirates' losing streak is at ten games right now. Uh, tomorrow, Chad Cool takes the mound for the Pirates against on ESPN. It's undecided for Cleveland, so we'll see what happens then. And then. I mean, looking at these pitching matchups, Will Crow Saturday against Giancarlos Mejia. I don't really know much about him. I'm not even going to lie. Sunday here is Jake Brubaker against Cal Quantrill, who, looking at the numbers, 311 ERA, not going to lie. I don't really know much about him. And then they get the White Sox. How realistic do you think this lo- – okay, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, how realistic do you think this losing streak can get – Three against Cleveland, two against the White Sox. Then they travel to St. Louis for four. I mean, that's that that could easily be nine more losses. I mean, I, I don't know. What yeah, do and look, I mean, are we hoping that they get those nine losses? Like, how far into embracing the tank are we? I mean, I mean, I, no, no, I'm not hoping that, but I wouldn't be sad if it happened either. I mean. In, in terms of watching this current 2021 version of the Pirates, I'm uh, when I see them win, I'm like, oh, that's that's nice that that happened. Good for them. But at this point in the year, it's just I'm so used to the losing, and 
if they get that first pick next year, I'd be happy. But wins and losses really don't affect my mood anymore at this point in the season. So if it happens, it happens. But I don't yeah, know. I think we're at that point where win or lose, we don't really care. I mean, there's pros and cons to each way. I mean, it's not it's never a bad night to say raise it, but it's also not a bad night whenever you think about the next the upcoming draft, not this year but the next year. Um but going back to your question about the whole series, uh the real the realism behind the losing streak. Um I think it's possible for us to win against Cleveland. I think they're going to get a win against Cleveland. I agree. And I think the big I think the game that we do it in and I think Will well Will Crow starts. I think he has a realistic chance, um, depending on how that opposing pitcher is. If we can hit like we did at the beginning of the season, I think it, I think Will Crow's going to find his first win of his big league career. Um, Sunday is a bit of a different story. Now I'm actually going to be in attendance at Sunday's game. I'm taking my dad to the Father's Day game. Not sure if that's punishment or if that's a good Father's <laughs> Day gift, uh, but. It, I mean, it works out. The Cleveland Indians are actually a second favorite team, so it all works out. So he's going to go home with a winner either either way. But um, Sunday's a bit questionable. Brubaker, I think, will pitch well, but I just think our offense won't be alive that day. Um, I say, I say, uh, Sheltie's going to start, and I have to say Sheltie because I got called out for that on Twitter. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, oh, I think he's going to start Michael Perez. He's going to start that lineup nobody wants to see on Sunday, which is unfortunate. But Saturday, I think, is going to be our big day. I pre- I'm predicting we're going to get swept by the White Sox. That's a guarantee. That's yeah, anything. two games. Yeah. Um, and then when we go to St. Louis, I mean, we'll be lucky if we win one game there. I don't I don't know how realistic it is that we win. I think I'd have St. To, Louis, yeah. I'd probably have to look at the pitching matchups for that, but – um, I I think we'll at least win one, but I say that now and then watch us get sma- get spanked. So I I'm gonna say we at least pick up one win against the Indians, but I think we're just gonna go right back on that losing skid right after. All right, let me ask you this then: the Pirates are 23 and 44. All none of these questions matter in the grand scheme of things, but uh, it's just <laughs> kind of fun to talk about. What do you think happens first? The Pirates are 23 and 44. Do you think the Pirates get to 25 wins first? Or 50 losses? I say they get the 50 losses first, especially with the way they've been playing recently. I agree. It's just funny because it's this team, 12 and 11 sticks out just because they're over 500, and it was fun at that point. And I, I remember in the early episodes of this podcast, I said some stupid uh, opera. Oper- opportunistic things. I remember once I questioned whether or not Colin Moran was the best first baseman in the NL Central. Um, That was like the third week of the season. But, I mean, it's funny. They were 12-11, and and they have 11 wins since and 33 losses. (laughs) That's just – this is baseball. There's not supposed to be – you're not supposed to have a winning percentage of like less than, you know – 40%, 40%, but, I mean, the win percentage right now, it's at 343. There's better batting averages in this league. Uh, it's just really terrible. But, I mean, looking at these standings, the Arizona Diamondbacks, I don't know what is up with them. They're 20 and 48. They're still, they still have a strong hold on that first pick, although the Pirates are inching ever so closer 
to uh, passing Baltimore. Baltimore's 22-44, and 44, Pirates 23-44. and 44. So that second pick is on the horizon. But, yeah, Arizona, it's just, holy crap, that is insane. And yet, I believe they still have a better run differential. They do. After today's loss, the Pirates at, are at minus 100 in the run differential. That is the worst in baseball. That is the only team with a run differential of minus triple digits. And uh, there's only one team that has a run differential in the uh, plus triple digits. Do you want to take a guess at that? A little trivia for you. Oh, boy. Is it an NL team? It is not an NL team. That's the oh, only. Is it? Is it the uh, Tampa Bay Rays? It is not. The Rays are at eighty three plus eighty three. The Rays are really humming right now, though. My second guess would be the White Sox. Then. Yep, that is who it is. The White Sox have the best record in baseball, I believe. But uh, yeah, they're at plus one hundred seven. The Pirates are on the total and totally other end of the spectrum. They're at minus one hundred. And uh, things things don't look to be getting much better uh, very soon. So I, I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about the whole uh, spin rate conversation and the whole substance pitchers using sticky substances, yada, yada, yada. I just wanted to get your take on the whole situation and what you thought. And we can kind of tie the Pirates in here a little bit. But just in general... MLB banned the use of sticky substances, including sunscreen and rosin. Rosin only. You already have some players. Um, Tyler Glass now, former Pirate. He has a partially torn UCL. I don't know how that's going to work out for him. But he was complaining, saying, you know, they let us do this forever, and then they pull the rug under us, and now players are going to get injured just what what's uh what's your whole take on the situation basically? Well, that's crazy. I'll say that. I mean, I, Trevor Bauer made a good point. It's ironic because I think Trevor Bauer started this whole conversation, but at the same time, he made a good point yesterday when he was interviewed. Like, why, why now? And considering, like, it seemed like they like one day it wasn't a thing. Now all of a sudden it is a thing, and now they're basically going to start. They're going to um the hell's the word monitor it midway through the season. Like that's a terrible point to pick this up on because now pitchers have no time to adjust. And while I believe Tyler glass now is also a pitcher that's made of broke up glass bones and paper skin. Who's always hurt. I mean, he was every time he was with the pirates. I think he had a Tommy John surgery with us. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't help but agree. I, I mean, if, if it's true, what they say, you know, the lowering of seams and stuff, making the ball harder to grip, then I think the pitcher should use at least some form of sticky substance in order to get a better grip on the ball. Now, it's hard to de- – see, this is one of those gray areas because you know they're it's increasing their spin rate, which Trevor Bauer has single-handedly proven that that is basically a big factor in the game. Uh, but at the same time, if, you, if you're the league, you want to prevent as many injuries as possible before you become a liability basically in the sports world and – this whole, I, I just don't know. And I think this whole policing thing is going to just completely be wrong, too, because I feel like there's going to be umpires out there who are going to, you know, may not be using a sticky substance or something. Like, you're going to see pitchers that are sweating, and they're going to mix in with the rosin, but the umpires who 
can't even see a strike right down the middle are going to say, oh, no, that's sunscreen instead. I mean, they're not going to go up to a player and sniff him and say, oh, yeah, that's definitely sunscreen. <laughs> no, they're going to they're, they're going to just assume. And we all know what, you know, bad news bears taught us what assuming means. Uh, I, I think that this should have been something that's worked out in the offseason. I think this year should have just went on as planned. Um, but I, I, I see why they kicked it off now. Like, if I have to play devil's advocate, I kind of see it because – all these pitchers getting found using substances and that's and in game. And, you know, all these, um, all these coaches are starting to pinpoint what pitchers are using what, and it's now just become an epidemic in the baseball world. I see well, it's so hard to agree with this because I think that they rushed it, but I see in a way why they implemented it right now. I don't necessarily agree with it, but at the same time, I see why they did it. I think though, this could have waited till the off season, you know, let this season pan out. Honestly, I think it would have been better for them to wait until the offseason to find this out because they could have had an entire season to watch film, study pitchers, study tendencies, you know, monitor for sticky substances, looked at it and then taken a good, um, you know, a good case study on it and, you know, said, okay, this percentage of pitchers in the MLB are using sticky substances or at least using some form of substances other than rosin and or possibly sunscreen. This is something we need to crack down on. Because now you have all these pitchers that are pissed off. You have people like Glass now who are worried about their arms. Uh, you have Trevor Bauer who are, who's basically saying that's so stupid to implement it now when, I mean, everybody knows, okay? I'm just going to say it right now. I'm going to steal a line from basically everybody. Your favorite pitcher is probably cheating right now. It would not be surprising to me if any of the Pirates pitchers were cheating. But at the same time, I don't think anybody really cares because the Pirates pitching is just <laughs> god awful. But at the same time, almost everybody does it. No, it doesn't make it right, but at the same time, like they're treating this like this is the first time something like this has happened. But and just the fact that can we like to address the elephant in the room? First time offenders get a ten game suspension. Ten games. The Houston Astros themselves, after the whole garbage can scandal, got a slap on the wrist. Now, if they want to implement stricter policies, they can't go one way and not the other. They got to go both ways. And the MLB did a very very poor job at policing this, implementing this, and making sure that it wasn't a PR disaster. So I, they could have done this in a lot better of a fashion. I think players are really going to find loopholes to this and pin, or, you know, pinpoint this out very quickly when it's implemented. And I, I think it's going le- to be a big portion in a potential lockout here in the future. Salary negotiations are one part, but I think this is also another Another, uh, it just adds salt to the wound, for lack of a better term. It's not pretty. They should have taken a little bit more time to study this out and then implemented something this coming off season. But we all know how Rob Manfred acts. He's a freaking clown. Doesn't know anything. So I, I mean, he's he is just a terrible commissioner, and he's making so many questionable choices. I hope somebody gives him the boot here soon. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just. Uh, Kyle asks here, thanks, Kyle. Hey, boys, do you think pitchers will find something that goes with the rules to adapt to the new no rosin sunscreen, spider tag, or will they just try to stay clean? I feel like for now they're just going to try to uh, follow, I believe it's what, rosin only, and that's it. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else they can do. The pitchers that sweat a lot more may have a uh, a bigger advantage than pitchers that don't. But I agree with uh, pretty much everything you said 
Jake. I just think MLB, they just kind of opened a Pandora's box here with a bunch of, uh, there's going to be a lot of unintended consequences from this. And I agree that something needed to be done about the, you know, the use of fucking glue that it seemed like pitchers were allowed to, to uh, use here. Spider tech. I mean, I don't know if you've seen these videos, but it's just, it's glue. It's yeah. basically Gorilla Glue. So I agree <laughs> that the use of that is ridiculous, and the pitchers most definitely took it too far in that sense. But, I mean, sunscreen and rosin, like, come on. That has been a thing for more than 50 years, I feel like, and I feel like that shouldn't be policed. But MLB doing this in the middle of a season, I, it just kind of seems like they're like, eh, we got to try something. And whatever happens, happens. And like you said, like, how are umpires going to really enforce this? Um, like, what crews are going to enforce what? Like you said, pitchers getting injured. I mean, this probably will affect a lot of pitchers who, you know, they're trying to grip the ball and they do things with their body to help them better grip the ball in instead of using some of the substances salaries like you said will be affected pitchers that get injured because they can't quite grip the ball right they're going to lose out on a lot of money i there's just so many things that are going to happen and i mean i mean i'll i'll flip this to to the pirates here Obviously, I remember um, Cody Ponce, obviously, he was on our pod. He said 90% of pitchers use substances. So, like you said, everyone does. I I wonder, and we saw with uh, Tyler Anderson, I think Alex Stumpf tweeted that uh, Tyler Anderson's, his spin rate was down on a lot of his pitches, or every one of his pitches, I believe, uh, this past start last night. Tuesday night. Um, if you're the Pirates, you have someone like Richard Rodriguez. He's your closer right now. He has pretty nice trade value at the moment. And, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, like, early on in the season, I remember there were other fans. They tweeted a picture of Rich Rod where he obviously had a substance inside of his glove. It looked like a brown tacky type substance. So I, I think it's safe to say that Richard Rodriguez is one of these pitchers that uh, uses sticky substances. If you're the Pirates, like, would you would you pull an NBA type deal? Uh, Jeremy, you can hop in here if you want because you're a big NBA guy. But you know, there's teams out there. The Pistons they pretty much benched uh, Andre Drummond until they could trade him because they didn't want to play him. And you know, the Thunder benched. Here we got Jeremy here. The Thunder benched Al Horford because, you know, they didn't want – they basically wanted to develop their young guys. But if you were the Pirates, would you consider just not pitching Richard Rodriguez or someone else you want to trade before, you know, anytime soon, before they can be traded just to not risk their uh, value getting worse, I guess? Because I would – Very interesting idea that you bring up, Nate. Um but I don't think we see that a whole lot in, in baseball. Obviously, no, we never basketball, see that in baseball. With basketball, it's very different because there's so few people. Like, you know, exactly. there, there's, so, so, like, you have to play them. But I guess with, with baseball, like, when it comes to Richard Rodriguez, like, I mean, if you trade, like, let's assume the worst case scenario, right? 
let's assume you pitch Rich Rodriguez like in a game this weekend. He gets hurt. He's on the injured list. I think the worst case scenario is you keep him and he plays next season. I mean, that that's not a huge, you know, loss. You know, yeah, you're not getting the value in a trade that you get with Rich Rodriguez, but I mean, you, you keep him for next year. At least you have a decent pitcher, probably your best relief pitcher on the roster next season. Now, um, obviously, I think that it makes a ton of sense to trade Rich Rodriguez, a ton of sense to trade Adam Frazier at this point. I mean, if the team's not winning, then uh, any positive asset for another team, you know, I, I, I've seen some instances. I mean, Adam Frazier is, at least he was at one point this week, the leader in hits in Major League Baseball. So obviously he's going to warrant a lot of value. I've seen some like things on Twitter and stuff where he's going to be worth like a top 100 prospect, which if the Pirates can land a top 100 prospect for Adam Frazier, they need to pull that trigger immediately. But to me, like, yeah, you know, you could go and give those guys, like, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, whoever you play with the Pirates is going to lose. I mean, if you play their best team, they're not going to win probably. Uh, and... You know, they're 15 and a half games back of the NL Central. They're 12 games separating them from any, the fourth place team in the Central. So I think this year, you know, no surprise, but it's kind of done for the Pirates. But I mean, you still want to play these guys, you know, because you're also, in a way, you're, you're helping their value by playing these guys, right? So if you play Rich Rodriguez and he pitches well in the month of June, well into July, he's going to drum up more value. Like, his value can grow as well. It doesn't have to always, it's not always just going to go down. Like, you know, Adam Frazier, even though his value is really high right now, it could still get better. So I don't think that it makes, you know, it does make sense to bench these guys, but I think it makes more sense to play these guys, hope their value increases and go from there. I just want to say, Jake, before you step in, if I, if I were to do this, if I were the pirates, I would only do it with pitchers only like I I still think Adam Frazier obviously he needs to play every day but if I were to do this and bench someone you know for weeks on end it would be Richard Rodriguez it would perhaps be a Tyler Anderson eh, maybe not a starter but Rich Rod is my only uh one that I would think about doing this with because if he sucks without the tack I mean his trade value is is uh it's plummeted or if he gets injured obviously his trade value is plummeted but you did make a good point if he's able to still be really good without the tack or whatever substance he may or may not alleged allegedly be using that would only increase his trade value so i see that side of it as well but i yeah i just wanted to uh bring up that not possibility but that uh idea i guess Jake, what do you think? Well, that's a really good idea, honestly, and especially for Rich, closer of the team. And when's the really only time you need a closer? Whenever you're winning in a small or by a small amount of runs, and the Pirates, as Jeremy said, they're really nowhere near that. So, I mean, we really don't have a, a use for Rich Rod, like maybe in a mop up role if need be. But at the same time, I don't. I, I think it could be beneficial to sit him. Um, I mean, especially, I mean, you look at his recent performances, they've been a little shaky. Like, he hasn't been as lights out as he was at the beginning of the season. And I think after he was called out for potentially, you know, allegedly having that sticky substance, I know it was very apparent, but, you know, uh, innocent until proven guilty. Exactly. Uh, um, 
he he's thrown straight fastballs, and they've been on a line the entire time, and they've been crushed. And he's been rely, relying too much on that four-seamer. And I know I've pointed that out in previous shows, and I think with him cutting back on the whole sticky substance and grip enhancer, I think it's really affected his game in a negative way. So I think he would be getting exposed, you know, with his whole policy being in, in, implemented. So I think it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a terrible idea to sit him maybe most of the time, maybe only pull him out when you really need to. And, you know, it, it, I, I just, hmm. but yeah, I do. I do agree. I think that would be an interesting idea. I think maybe we should see an experimentation with it just to preserve his trade value. Um, I don't think there's any other pitchers that can really do that right now. I mean, maybe Sam Howard, but I don't see the team getting rid of him. So Maybe Crick, yeah. Crick doesn't do anything but throw sliders. So no matter what he has <laughs> on his hand, dude's going to throw a slider that's going to break and miss the zone every single time. So <laughs> I, there's no saving him. I mean, it's, it's amazing how he's got a sub-2 ERA, I believe. But back to Rich Rod, I think it would be interesting to see him maybe sit a little bit. Tyler Anderson, I think his entire trade value is lost because I think because that was his bread and butter, was his spin rate, because he topped yeah. out, I think, at what, like 91, 92, something like that. So I think with that spin rate that helped him really with that cutter and changeup that he had, I think now that this rule's implemented, I think he's just going to go downhill from here, ruining his trade value. Go, I'm fine with that because I actually like Tyler Anderson a little bit, and I was pleading for him not to be traded, so that uh, prophecy is at least fulfilled for me. But for Rich Rod, I could definitely see it happen, happening. I wouldn't be opposed to it happening um, on the off chance. We do have a winning scenario where we could, you know, shut the door on it and maybe bring him out. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's definitely a good idea that you pose and, you know, hopefully Shelty listens to our uh, show. So he might be able to think <laughs> about that for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that's too far fetched at all. Yeah, Tyler Anderson is ERA right now is at 489. So any real trade value, I mean, maybe a team just tosses a lottery ticket at the Pirates to uh, take him. But yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Before we end, I just want to ask you this question. So I, like you, I agree that MLB has just botched this whole thing. Um, you know, pitchers need to be able to grip the ball, but at what cost? I mean, like, obviously, I don't think they should be using spider tack to be able to spin the ball ridiculously. If you were in charge of Major League Baseball, if you were Rob Manfred, what what would you do to, to you know, on one hand, allow pitchers to be able to grip the ball comfortably without risk of injury, without risk of, you know, being extremely wild, yet not not uh, be so dominant that they are today what what would you do like what what would you implement to to help that to help find that middle ground that they're attempting to find now but i feel like it's just going to be a big failure and a big uh there's going to be a lot of consequences that happen but let me let me let me hear your answer on that well i mean one commonality that we see among pitchers that are really disgruntled by this rolling is that they only do it because the seams are lowered too much so I mean, the the obvious choice here would be to raise the seams a little bit, give them a little bit more of a grip. Um, but if you can't do that, and you have to find something with a substance at least, probably draw the line somewhere and create like a more natural list of what you can and cannot use. I mean, clearly spider tack, not natural at all. It's just, it, it's it's basically steroids for pitchers almost. Honestly, I mean, yes, I agree. In a way. So you think about it, maybe just, 
like the like the natural resources like sweat, um, uh, <laughs> sunscreen, rosin. I mean, something like that because it's like it's not too overpowering to where you can really get a one hundred percent grip on it, but it aids you a little bit. And if it does save your arm, then I don't see a real issue with that. Now. There's a bit of a gray area because say they use pine tar. Now that's a little different. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't let them use pine tar, but with batters using it, you know, that's a, that's a whole conversation for another day. But I think natural resources such as like sweat, rosin, sunscreen, um, God forbid, even spit. If we get out of this COVID pandemic thing, I think that, I think that would be a reasonable, uh, a reasonable opportunity for them to at least get a better grip on the ball and then, and, and, you know, they're using substances, but it's not too overpowering to the point where they're obviously, you know, the the average goes down and the ERA goes up in a sense where it looks better. Yeah, I think that would be the fine middle ground that I would come up with. But, you know, I'm not Rob Manfred. I don't want to make things too comp. You know, I'm not looking to make things comp. Right. It just seems like MLB is throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, Jeremy in the comments, our awesome producer says MLB should create their own legal substance. Yes. I agree with this a thousand percent. Just create your own substance that's allowed or like Jake, like you said, have a clear cut list of what can and can't be used. And for Christ's sake, can this league figure out a ball? Can they figure out one singular ball that's used in every game doesn't change? Because that's a big thing, too, that pitchers complain about. That, you know, this this series, the ball is one way. This year, the ball is another way. They change it constantly. Just figure out the fucking ball. Please. And just, just use it. And just have one ball. And let everyone get used to it. I can't. I don't understand why it is so hard for a sport to figure out their ball. NBA has a basketball they use. They're all the same. They're all great. The NFL has a football. They're all the same. They're all great. Unless, you know, you deflate them a little bit. I'm not even going to touch that. But MLB, just figure out. a. It's a ball. Just figure it out. Like, come on. This shouldn't be that hard. And I do agree that perhaps, you know, Raise the seams a little bit. That will decrease spin and maybe effectiveness for pitchers. But if it helps increase, um, you know, control, then you'll live with it. And that'll actually help the game because we'll have, you know, more balls hit and play and whatnot. Maybe deaden the ball a little bit. Deaden the ball, raise the seams, create more drag, create more control, less spin, get more balls in play, less home run, less strikeouts have one substance or have a list of substances that's allowed and be able to enforce those and the game will be fine. Maybe we won't have to move the mound back. Maybe everything will be all right, but just figure it out and please just give me some sense of organization, organizational skills to where like, you know, they do something and it makes sense and you're like, huh, okay, well, that's, that's, that's good. That's a good point, rather than what they're doing now. And it's just, it's, it's pathetic. It seems like they're run by idiots. Rob Manfred, you know, the, the thing about him is that he doesn't love baseball, and I agree with that a thousand percent. But it's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's pretty terrible. I'm just looking through these comments right here before we uh, 
we peace out here. Kyle has, what do you think about over the offseason taking a group of pitchers and finding a solid middle ground? I understand that might be difficult, but some could something uh, like that be done? I mean, yeah, like take some time to communicate. I get it. That's it, that's incredibly hard right now between the MLBPA and the MLB and how much they hate each other and how much uh, how much turmoil that's in. CBA is up at the end of the year like Jeremy has here, so that definitely does have to be a talking point, but oh my god. Just the I don't I don't really have much faith to be honest. Uh, the distance between MLB and MLBPA, like, they they can't stand each other. Last year for COVID, it took them the whole summer to figure out a 60-game season, and they they could barely agree on that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look good right now, and the sport is just it's, – it's not really in a great place. Um, and it just really sucks because – there's so many people that love this sport and they love, you know, everything about it. And it's just being run right into the ground and it's sad and they can't even figure out a fucking ball and substances on said ball. And this is where we are now. And it's just, uh, it's pretty pathetic. So end rant there. (laughs) <laughs> I like when people sound like me ranting nonstop. But, <laughs> um, grow some balls, figure out your balls there, MLB. I don't, this is like you said, Nate, it's just an absolute mess. Like I don't understand how it's so, how everything is overcomplicated in this league. I mean, I understand the whole COVID thing. Like nobody prepares for that, but with everything going on right now, like it just seems like they're trying to complicate this game more than they have to, especially Manfred. Like honestly, I think you throw any one of us in his office, and I think we could come out doing a way better job than Rob Manfred ever did. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but this whole thing is just an absolute mess. I don't understand it. I have to go back to the comments and read some of the questions here because there were some things that I uh, was I that I was thinking of while you know you were ranting. Um, <laughs> Finding a solid middle ground, there, Kyle. There's just no way, and I don't. I'm not saying that there is, you know, that they could possibly work something out. But I just don't think none of the sides are going to cooperate to the point where they find a middle ground. Because if COVID showed shown us anything, it's that it's either going to be one way or the other way. It doesn't matter what. Like, yeah, they agreed on a 60 game season, but the players' association essentially had their way before we even had a season at all. So it, for them to come together and basically agreeing on something firsthand about, you know, legal substances and pitchers for God's sake, they're not going to do that because the players association is probably going to say what benefits are pitchers. And then the league will say, well, what benefits are PR? Well, that's just two different things, two different ends of the spectrum. And they never agree on anything. It's like bashing your brain into the wall. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's impossible to get any leeway whatsoever. Like you're saying, go on. Right. Right, and with Jeremy bringing up the whole CBA being up at the end of the year, it wouldn't shock me if there was a strike, you know, in 2022. And, yep. and it's, I don't. It's so sad because it's not even for just salary purposes either. It's literally just like they're doing it. I say they're doing it like they it's already set in stone, but they're it's pretty much gonna happen. All because the league doesn't agree, doesn't want to listen to their constituents, the players, 
The reason they make money, which is so sad, you would think you would want to listen to your players to try to improve the game because they're on the field day in and day out. Not the front office suits that sit in there and say, this is what you need to do because I know exactly what it is. No, you don't. Listen to Trevor Bauer. Listen to guys like Tyler Glass now who deal with nagging injuries all the time. Listen to them because they are on the field. They put their bodies through it every single day. If they have something that they want to get out there, listen to them. I don't care if you have an adjustment you want to make, but just for God's sakes, lend an open ear. Try to work as best as possible with them because you know the MLBPA is going to win any argument against the MLB. That is just pure, simple fact. Yep, I agree. I agree completely. And uh, probably wrap it up there. I guess to uh, bring it back to the Pirates, if there was ever a time to suck in tank and be bad, this is probably a decent time just because, I mean, the sport as a whole is just, it's tough. It's tough right now. It's tough to watch sometimes. It's tough to, uh, it's tough to be a fan when there is so much outside noise. There's so much, so much cheating. There's so much substance using and, not that that's a bad thing, but they let it get so far. There's just, it's just, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a toxic sport right now. And the Pirates suck terribly. And yeah, tank baby, 23 and 44. We'll be back. When will we be back? Pirates have an off day tomorrow and then it's the weekend series. So we'll be back Sunday. Jake, whenever you get back from that, uh, that game with your dad i hope you have a really good time we can talk about perhaps 13 straight losses or perhaps they get a win i'll go out on a limb here i'll predict that the pirates win one game actually i'm gonna say two games just because i'm feeling crazy right now pirates are gonna take two or three from the indians this weekend book it that's all i got all right i like it i'm just gonna (laughs) stay with my win win keep it safe (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Alrighty. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening. And we are on Spotify. Green Room rebranded. No longer Locker Room. The app looks pretty awesome. And uh, it's it's definitely more sleek. Has a nice feel to it. And it's it's still the same, though. It's still the same old Locker Room. Just just different name. And uh, it's very cool. And if you're listening on uh, Apple... Definitely, or Apple or wherever you listen to this podcast, definitely download Spotify Green Room because then you could uh, shout your takes at us and leave your comments because we do this live and it's a it's a good time it's a good time doing this. Um, follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Follow Jake on Twitter at underscore Radio Jake. Follow Jeremy on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, and of course. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. Jake, any last thoughts? Well, let's go, Bucks. Hopefully, you win something on on this weekend. Please do, for the love of God. Please win a game, Pirates. That's all for us, though. Thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day. Peace.